This is why Small Business Matters from Northumbria University, supporting small businesses with the Help to Grow Management Programme. Welcome to this episode of Why Small Business Matters. I'm Sarah Stevenson and I'm part of a team at Northumbria University which has spent the last decade working with hundreds of small and medium-sized businesses, listening to their experiences, helping them to overcome their challenges and celebrating their successes. This podcast is an opportunity to delve a little deeper, to find out more about businesses and entrepreneurs in the region and to give them the chance to share their stories and also find out what it means to function successfully as we emerge from the pandemic. Today, I'm joined by a pair of inspirational women who run the Millen Charity in Newcastle and Gateshead. The charity provides holistic support services for the women they work with. They help women set up their own businesses, gain employability skills, access training and be part of a supportive community of women working towards financial independence. Through engaging with the Millen Charity, women gain the confidence and skills to not only achieve their goals, but to improve their well-being, their connections and their opportunities. I'd like to welcome Shuli Hack, Charity Manager, and Kirsty McDyne-Daniels, Community Development Worker. Welcome, both of you. Hi there, Sarah. Thanks for asking us to come today. Um, Can I firstly ask you if you could just introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about the roles you do at the Millen? Yeah, my name's Shuli, and um, I've been working for the Millen Charity for over 15 years now. 20 years. Um, (laughs) Kirsty only says 20, only says 15 or over. And um, um, I kind of manage the charity. So um, my role is looking at, I work very closely with um, funders because we get a lot of our funding from European funds, the big lottery, community foundations, and a lot of trust and foundations. Um, so we, I kind of oversee the different projects that we run to support women. Um, I kind of ensure that the needs of the women are being met. We ensure that we continually consult with women to find out what their needs and requirements are and make sure that the projects we run kind of reflect that. Um, I do oversee the finances of the charity and run a lot of the operations um, as well. Um, I kind of work very closely with Kirsty um, to kind of coordinate the activities and the delivery programme that we offer to women. I'm Kirsty. I'm the community development worker for the Millen Charity and I've worked for the charity for nearly 12 years. So I work really closely with the women, with the service users. I'm normally their first point of contact and I do the initial work to find out what their needs are and help them access the services that are best suited for them. Um, I work very closely at Shuli, as she said, to, to design and deliver programs that meet the needs of the service users and can i ask when was the charity first set up 22 years ago yeah yeah 25 25 years ago it was about 1995 um when the it was a group of south asian local um, members of the community who decided that they needed a um, community center within benwell in the west end of newcastle to kind of support initially um south asian community um people in the area who needed skills support language support and maybe a lot more link with public services so they kind of got some funding from the lottery to kind of um, open the Millen Centre at the time it was called um, to try and help people gain more skills and confidence and maybe a bit more community cohesion with other members of the community so it kind of got set up from that so by local members. That makes a lot of sense doesn't it because it's a really diverse community um, the West End. So Yeah and um... 
and just to kind of talk about how the, how the project's developed over the years, um, we... We were originally a community centre, but then we found that we were being accessed by women in the community who had aspirations to make money for themselves. They wanted to make money from selling their own products. So we then started to design a programme of enterprise to support women to become self-employed. So did you want to explain a little bit more about that? that. Um, at the time, I think over the last 15 years, we've been delivering enterprise services for women and specifically working um, with women. One of the things we found was that mainstream job opportunities wasn't for them because a lot of the women had caring responsibilities. They had children at home, um, cultural restraints. So it was quite difficult for them to go out and get full time work. Um, And we wanted to kind of give them the options of being able to work from home and become financially independent from being able to do that. And that's where self-employment, working from home, enterprise as an option came about. It's something the women we work with would never have thought. And I think it's good that we've been able to bring that enterprise offer to the women um, and to the community. Um, And I think... um, I suppose I think that's kind of helped a lot of women then gain the skills that they need to be able to open their own businesses and things. Yeah, we've designed a full, sorry if I'm eating at your question, Sarah, but um, we designed a full project called Local Women Local Enterprise, which was enterprise support at an accessible level that we that we developed yeah. through consulting with local women, finding out what it was that they needed. Yeah. Very practical things like how to work out the costs of your product, how to register as self-employed, the, the, the legalities of running a business at a, a, a basic level yeah. of what you just need to, to know. Yeah. And as a course, Sarah, it's about providing um, enterprise services to improve the financial independence for women is the ultimate goal that we mm. kind of support women towards um, and to become economically active if it's that's through employment. So the offer that we um, give to women is that they can ha- they get the transferable skills that they need to be able to move into further training if they need to. Women improve their skills, knowledge, experience, their confidence. Um, if they're socially isolated, they get to group, they get to meet other women as well through the activities that we deliver. So I think it's a range of a holistic offer that we kind of um, bring to women in the local community. It's really timely having this conversation with you today on International Women's Day, the eighth uh, of March. So can you tell me what what are you doing for International Women's Day? Yes, so we are having a women's wellbeing, networking and inspirational event. So uh, it's going to be, it's on Zoom and we have created pamper packs and craft packs and dropped them at everybody's house ready for the event. And um, we're going to be doing things like uh, a mindful crafts activity. We're bringing women who have been part of our project in the past and who are now running their own businesses. They're going to be coming and sharing their experience to to reach out to other women, to inspire them. Uh, And then we also have this as an opportunity for women to get to know each other and to kind of share their experiences and and to to get to know each other. Um, I think, yeah, definitely, Kirsty. I think with us being able to get together like this, I think International Women's Day kind of reminds us of how inspiring um, we as women can be to each other. So it does give women the chance to kind of talk about challenges that they faced and how they've broken down those barriers. Um, And one of the things we say is, 
we deliver enterprise for women and we want to break that stereotype of becoming a businesswoman or a female entrepreneur doesn't mean that you have to look a certain way, dress a certain way or be educated a certain way. Mm-hmm. It can be, enterprise can be for anyone. Um, and I think it's it's important that the women we work with know that um, and it helps them kind of get that confidence that they need to be able to um, get to the end point of opening their business. I think it's important that um, women feel that enterprise isn't about having a business that makes this much amount of turnover. It's about success that you see for yourself because success is seen by different women in different ways. Um, So it's almost, I think success is like the eye of the beholder. What do you need to be able to have a better quality of life? What what is it that makes you financially independent? And that's what makes you become a good entrepreneur, really. You touched on briefly um, the fact that many of the women who come to you, have there are challenges and barriers to self-employment for them. Can you perhaps describe a little bit about some of the, um, the people that you meet along the way and some of those barriers that they might face? Um, yeah, the women we work with, um, they live in the deprived wards of the city of Newcastle and Gateshead. So they live in poverty situations, situations where they live a poor quality of life. They, there are women who face um, poor mental health, can come from domestic violence situations. We have women who have never been able to do a qualification before, um, low skills, low experience, language um, barriers that women face. Um, and I think that's um, topped with a lot of poor housing situations that they live in or poor health. Um, and I think those barriers are what initially women come to us and say, this is what we kind of, these are the challenges we face and we want to kind of try and break that. So I suppose the offer that we um, provide to women enables them to start breaking that. And then women start looking at what their aspirations are and where they want to be and they get that package of support or they go through that journey with us to be able to then get to their aspirations. And sometimes when you talk to them about self-employment and maybe setting up a business from home, is this something novel or is this something that perhaps um, they've wanted to do but just haven't had the confidence to go ahead with? What we found is women had some untapped skills. So we found that women were making things at home or they were really crafters or they were baking and making. And I think it was bringing that um, option to them of self-employment. Prior to the pandemic, we delivered regular markets uh, to give women a chance to trade and um, that was a great opportunity for them to trade for the first time to get market research find out um, what, what customers thought of their products and found out and, and realized that they could be successful and also during those events other women would see it happening and think oh I could do that mm-hmm. too so it is all it's like the ripple effect people mm-hmm. see what's happening at a local level and then realize that they can do it too and we have our own business advisors as well Sarah which makes it a lot more helpful because the business advisors that we work with are local entrepreneurs themselves they mm-hmm. run their own business so we've got women that we work with who are accountants who are social media consultants um we've got our business advisor runs her own kind of um property business as well yeah. so they're, they're all kind of in that field already so they get advice from from women that they inspire towards are similar to them as yeah. well um and we kind of break down we provide enable women i mean we provide a safe environment for women to be able to get that advice from and i think that gives them the confidence they gain the skills and the experience they need to which then enables them to go out into further afield um and then kind of be confident enough to link in with mainstream services yeah, which are out there exactly so picking up a little bit on international women's day and 
on the theme of this year around bias and gender equality. Um, you talked a little bit earlier about ending stereotypes. Um, can you describe how, how you help the women in your community with this? Yeah, I think what we do at the Millen Charity, we deal with that on a daily basis almost because the Millen Charity is about breaking disadvantage and breaking inequalities um, that people face and identifying difference. Um, and I think one of the main things we do is we support women who are completely underrepresented in the enterprise agenda um, and we enable them to develop their enterprise skills. Women who don't have their voices heard all the time because of the barriers that they face and it's all, it's all almost about us being able to bring them into the agenda and ask questions um, and try and make social change happen for them. Um, and we work with the most um, pop we work with communities that are in such poverty situations and I think it's enabling them to access and take part in services which they probably wouldn't have been able to if we weren't there. And that links really well with what we found in many of the episodes of the podcast, that networking and building those peer-to-peer networks can be really valuable when you're setting up your business. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, we run our networking sessions on a monthly basis as well. So we've always had peer-to-peer network sessions where we have an inspiring speaker that comes in. Yeah, So we have a bank of female entrepreneurs that we work with who volunteer their time to come in and talk about their business and how they set up and um, they give women tips and they talk about the challenges um, they face. So women kind of learn from them, inspire from them, and they kind of talk to each other. So it's it's providing enterprise space women to talk to each other um, and work on their business and I think those sessions work really well don't they and and one of the things is we do find there are like peer-to-peer support out there but sometimes the women we work with don't always feel comfortable to attend those do they Um, and initially I think it's being able to provide it in our own safe space for them to be able to get the links that they need to I think to be able to um, get out there and get the support that they need further. And you're very kindly going to tell us about one of those women today, I believe. We're going to um, hear about Fatima's story. And Fatima set up a business called Fab Cakes Newcastle. So it'd be great for you to describe a little bit. Of course. So Fatima came to us about oh, about five, six years ago. And um, she had three small children. And she wanted to learn how she could make money from selling cupcakes. How she could set up a, a small business from home that would enable her to balance her home responsibilities around her work. And um, she loved baking, she was making cupcakes and she knocked on the door and said, is there anything that you can do to help us? So we gave her one-on-one support and she joined one of the courses on our Local Women Local Enterprise programme to learn how she could start running her business safely from home, looking at the costs of the ingredients, looking at branding, looking at who our customers are. I remember when she first started, actually, um, she was she was not that confident with how much to charge because she was asking people who would say, well, you can get a, get a cake for £10 from Costco. And and, and um, she, so we kind of helped her with, with developing a strong brand herself and having the confidence to charge what her, what her cakes were worth. And um, she's now running a successful business called Fab Cakes Newcastle. And as I say, she started with doing cupcakes and then she started to do wedding cakes um, uh, somebody asked her if she could do uh, wedding cakes um, for, for a family wedding. And at, at that point, she hadn't actually made one and she wasn't sure. She thought, should I, should I not? 
and she went ahead and did it. And now she's got one of the most successful wedding cake businesses in the northeast. How did she get all the necessary paperwork and so forth to make her cakes from her I think you said you, she makes them at home. Yeah, so we supported her to register her kitchen with the local authority, talked her through the process. Um, our trading advisor helped her with, with, with you said, the, paper, the paperwork, with the... Food hygiene course food hygiene. she did. And then she got a kitchen um, set up through the council as well. So um, she became a registered kitchen to be able to do that. So we linked her in with the local council and the environmental health to be able to do that. Um, and then, you know, going right to the end to registering her business. Yeah, but she um, did, like I said, she did training. She did an accredited training course with us that took her through the steps to set up a business. Sounds fantastic. Well, we'll have the link available if anybody does want to order a wedding cake um, from Fatima's uh, Fab Cakes Newcastle store. She does dessert tables as well. <laughs> You're listening to Why Small Business Matters. Find out how Northumbria University can help your business thrive through the Help to Grow Management Programme, delivered by leading small business and enterprise experts from Northumbria University, with the support of leading figures from industry and experienced entrepreneurs. The programme supports senior managers of small and medium-sized businesses to boost their business's performance, resilience and long-term growth. The 12-week programme is 90% funded by the government and the fee payable by participants is £750 and has been designed to allow participants to complete it alongside full-time work. The in-depth, high-quality curriculum supports you to build your capabilities in leadership, innovation, digital adoption, employee engagement, marketing, responsible business and financial management. By the end of the programme, you'll develop a business growth plan to help you lead your business to realise its potential. To find out more about the programme, the modules, eligibility and fees and delivery dates, go to northumbria.ac.uk slash help to grow. You're listening to Why Small Business Matters. I'm Sarah Stevenson, and today I'm talking to Shuley Hack and Kirsty McDine Daniels from the Millin Charity. I think that you were going to talk to us about one of the other women who've you've helped as well. Uh, yes, so we've got another local woman called Hadija who has set up a cleaning business. I think with Khadija, again, she went through the programme of activities that we provided, so a credit training, she did a number of workshops. Um, we then linked her in to the college who do uh, the AAT course on business and bookkeeping. So that helped her again with, with bookkeeping and... In business planning, she had one-on-one support from the business advisor. The business advisor kind of puts her through her milestones and then they kind of check where she is, looks at where she is with her goals and then step by step. And in the meanwhile, she'll take part, she took part in a number of workshops, number of accredited enterprise training. And then throughout the journey now, she's got her own cleaning business. She's employing, employed someone else as well now. And um, last time I spoke to her, she was busy, very busy. She couldn't even take anything on. She's doing really well. And she got support with her marketing as well. Um, Her flyer support um, to be able to, um, how she kind of advertises and everything as well. So um, all of that came into it. So she's really just getting on with it. She's got her own van as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Her own cleaning van and all her equipment and everything. So, you know, she's all fully set up and on go. Yeah. But again, for her, she'd been working as a cleaner for a long time and she liked it. She liked cleaning. And she thought, well, why can't I do it for myself? Why, why have I got to work for other people? I want, I want to do it. And, and she wanted the flexibility because she's got a small child. Um, and she was very driven. And also for, for Hadija, I feel as though 
joining weekly sessions with other women kind of helped to keep momentum going, uh, helped get, get to meet other people, learn tips from each other, um, and being in a safe space, a women-only space where you can share your ideas. And I think that neatly sums up the title of our podcast. I mean, why small business matters, because it's not just about um, supporting yourself and your family, but it's also about, you know, raising confidence in the community and, and actually inspiring other women to go go down that route, maybe. Yeah, it's definitely important because um, some little pockets of small businesses make an area a lot more better to live in because you've got people that for by becoming financially independent within say the west end of newcastle um they're li- living a better life um this they're spending more within the communities they live in i mean we we a lot of our women kind of buy from each other in terms of supply um if if we've got a woman that um sells material so someone else who makes cushions will buy their material from that woman um and vice versa we kind yeah. of do it like that so it's kind of trading within communities and that prospers a certain area doesn't it um for us and makes that area to be um, better to live in so if someone sets up a unit or a business within the west end of New Newcastle, then um, it, it just means a better area to, for, for people. Because we do have a lot of women who start out from home, and particularly with um, food businesses. And we have got really strong links with the council, helping women to register their kitchens from home and to take them through the process of how to do that. Because when you, they hear food hygiene and things, obviously, it, it just even though they're doing everything correctly, you do get a little bit worried. So we're able to help them find that link with the council and make sure everything's going smoothly. Um, and then eventually, as Shirley said, they can then develop to take on units or, or, or shops. And these women are actually making social change, which is fantastic to hear. Um, I remember that recently you've also set up in Gateshead as well. How did that come about? So we had been piloting our project in Gateshead for the last five years, but we were going into local community centres um, we were going in, well, we work quite closely with the Orthodox Jewish community in Gateshead as well. Um, so we were going into lots of different community projects, delivering our training, and uh, we never really had a base. So we work quite closely with Gateshead Council, who supported us because they, they could see that the difference that we were, we were making in the Gateshead area. Um, so we took on a premises here in September. So we've got our own Gateshead Women's Enterprise Hub where we deliver our services and women can come in and and access support. And because it's quite a big, big space, women can also come into our networking room and borrow one of our laptops or bring their own and work on their businesses or do whatever it is that they, they need. So we just wanted to create a nice space for women to come to. I just wondered, you mentioned the Orthodox Jewish community in Gateshead. Are there, are there needs very similar to the West End or do you find there are differences there? We were having a conversation about this yesterday. I mean, although there are differences, there's so many similarities that us as women experience. Like I, was, I made a little bit of a joke, you know, women, we all complain about the kids, they all complain about their husbands or their partners and, you know, so we, we, there's so many similarities. But I think because, like Shuli said, we are very understanding on different cultural needs and, and we're very aware and we're able to adapt anything to, to meet different cultural needs. I'll, I'll talk about what one woman who, um, her children had food allergies and um, so she was making a lot of breads and, and cakes that were gluten-free um, and, 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 and safer for, for people with um, allergens to eat. And so she wanted to develop a business where she was producing breads 
that met different dietary requirements and allergies and allergens. And um, so she accessed one of the courses that we delivered at the Buick Centre, which is where the Jewish Community Council and Gateshead is based. And she del- took part in a course called um, Going to Market, where she was took through the steps to um, get her business off the ground. And at the end, she was able to trade at a market event that we that we hosted. Um, and that was her like first step of selling to the public. And she sold out and within an hour. And that was just so great for her confidence to see that she could do it. And um, we supported her with a small grant as well so that she could buy a blender. So it was she was making more breads because she couldn't keep up with the, the demand. So we were able to support her with that grant. And um, now she's got regular custom customers and doing really well. Now, that's a really good example of how uh, something like a small grant can make a difference when somebody's starting out, setting up um, setting up their own business. I'd like to, to hear a little bit more about the taster workshops you mentioned. And so if, if you've got people who perhaps want to know a little bit about the Millen Charity and what you can do to support them, what, what kind of things? And is it done online or or post-COVID are we now doing face-to-face workshops it'd be interesting to hear you know how that works with um in regards to like summarizing the package that we offer it's almost like we offer like an accredited training package of enterprise courses um trading experience one-to-one advice and a number of workshops um which cover a lot of business themes but Kirsty will tell you a little bit more about in terms of the different um workshops that we have available so our kind of first step workshop what we do is called explore an enterprise and that's for women who might have thought about business but not sure how it could work for them. And it looks at different types of business ideas, um, where to start when setting up a business, the little bit about the legalities that are required. Um, and it helps women to put a plan in place for what they can do next and, and use the support that's available. Um, and then they often progress onto our, our um, wider training. But as Shuli says, we have a... a a range of different accredited courses and I'm going to just give you a little overview of those so you can understand fully what we we do. We've got a very first step course called Have a Go in Enterprise and that is six six sessions, six two-hour sessions and women work together on a project where they make a product they choose a product that they're going to make together. They work out the pros and cons of the, of the product, the strengths and weaknesses. Um, and then they pick a product, they make it, and then they sell it in, at an event. And then they come back and work out if they've made a profit or loss. So it's a great way for them to see enterprise in action without any risk to themselves. And so we deliver this at a community level. We've went to a lot of community centres in Newcastle and Gateshead and delivered this course. We've gone to schools as well and deliver it to do it with parents. And um, that's a really good way for women to start thinking about enterprising. And then we've had women after that course, I've had join a, f- a further enterprise course to learn how to set up their own business or they've moved on to employment because they've increased their confidence. They've done, a, they've done team building, they've done um, customer service. And, you know, a lot of what they do in our enterprise courses is, very, is transferable so they can progress onto whatever it is that they want to. Um, and then we've got more advanced enterprise courses that look at working out the costs of your product, working out the, the your, your business name, 
branding, insurance that you need, and then get you going at the mm. end. Um, and the courses are NOCN accredited as well. Um, so they get the they work towards an accreditation towards a qualification um, through them. And the courses that we've got, we've got about seven accredited courses, which oh, we designed eight, really? eight. eight. Oh, God, <laughs> moving fast. Um, eight accredited courses that we, we designed, created ourselves um, to meet the needs of what the women were asking for and what they needed um, supporting and more kind of skills within. So it the courses kind of incorporate all of that within yeah, them with a lot pro- of practice. It's practical as well. Just going to say, yeah. Yeah, you have role plays, you have the selling aspects of it, um, and then you have the theory-based information um, and skills development side of it as well. So it's it just fits um, what the women kind of need in a community setting, doesn't it? Yeah, and then we do the specialist workshops on the side where we do things like how to set up a Facebook or Instagram page for your business, but then how do you do you drive people to your page, what kind of content to create, um, all of that sort of thing. And we do, we, we, we like Shirley said before, we do work with local consultants who, who provide one-to-one advice on setting up your website, on um, brand development, what does, what, um, did your brand say about you? One of our consultants, uh, Hannah, Hannah Lafer, she does really nice workshops on brand development, like looking at what type of personality is your brand, what te- what what season is it, what, what 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 is it like, and it's just really helping women to think, like take a step back and think, what do I want my my brand to say about me? And again, these are kinds of workshops that that people might not have an opportunity to to join if it wasn't at a local level. No, that's great. And it gives them the confidence, as you say, even if they decide that maybe setting up in business on their own is not for them, they then have the confidence to perhaps go out and find employment somewhere else. I mean, we had a woman a couple of years ago who had been um, made redundant um, from a job that she'd been in for a few years and she had two small children and it really knocked her confidence um, and, and her mental health because she was just really struggling financially. And she did one of our Have a Good Enterprise courses and to see her just be buzzing again at the end of that course. And then she got a job as a care worker. Um, and I saw her a couple of months later in, in Primark and she had her work uniform on and she, she had her son buying him some new football boots or something. And, you know, she was just such a different person at the end of this experience. That's such a lovely story. Really, I'd like to know what you'd like to tell our listeners and how they can perhaps support the Millen Charity or be involved become involved um in what you do yeah we've got a project it's a um emerging social business that we've had running for a while now and it's called be collective and what be collective does is it um, provides a range of products um for people to buy um and the women take part in a case study business where they kind of create the product they design the product they learn artwork from it they learn how to work with manufacturers um, so it's a bit like them running a risk-free business and they use the skills that they learn from the Bee Collective to then apply to their own businesses um, and their own business ideas. So we've got a range of products which Kirsty will tell you which people can buy into and the money that we make from that business is we put back into the community and the women we work with to deliver further projects. Yeah, so as Shudi says, we work with local designers who come in and do courses with our service users so that the women can gain experience. And then they come up with designs that then get um, produced on products. So we've got T-shirts, um, j- uh, jumpers, bags. bags, but they all have a meaning to them. So we have a, the first design was called Same Difference and they have prints 
on their products that represent the cultural backgrounds of the women who take part of our services. So we've got like an African print, um, a Scottish tartan, and they're all available on our um, website, which is Be- on the Be Collective website, which is becollective.co.uk. And um, the second design is called Be Bold, which um, do you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I think with Be Bold, it was a matter, it was, we kind of worked with women regarding wording and terms and what, what was important to them. And at the end of it came the Be Bold word. And a Be Bold was about um, saying what you wanted to kind of say and not be afraid to say it, being confident. Um, the bold decisions yeah, that we have to make all yeah, the time. It was yeah. about rep- recognising that. Yeah. So we have notebooks, um, pin badges, sweatshirts with be bold. And they're all available to buy on, on the website. And they're all made in the UK. They're ethically sourced. We do have on our website, which is themillancharity.co.uk, people can make a donation. Um, that, that That's always well received. Um, we are always looking for women who might want to volunteer with the charity by um, sharing their story or sharing their expertise. Um, you know, we work closely with a lady called Claire, Claire Talbot-Jones, who runs an insurance brokerage business, and she comes and t- talks to the women about what insurance they need. So we are always looking for women who might want to, um, you know, get involved in a volunteer mm. capacity, or as one of our tutors or advisors. We are always looking to, to strengthen our networks. So if there are any women out there who thought, oh, well, I'd like to be involved in that charity, well, then just give us a call and we can have a chat. Well, I've been completely inspired this morning. So um, thank you so much for coming along to chat about the Midland Charity and the fabulous women that you've helped support in the West End of Newcastle and in Gateshead. Um, so Shuli and Kirsty, thank you very much indeed for coming along to Why Small Business Matters. Oh, thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. And thank you to my guests from the Millen Charity. If you've enjoyed this episode, take a look at some of our previous podcasts with John McCabe from the Northeast Chamber of Commerce, Toby Bridges and Jessica Williams, and Craig Skillicorn. To find out more about the Help to Grow Management Programme at Northumbria University and how it can help your business, go to northumbria.ac.uk forward slash help to grow. Mm-hmm.